In 2015, handbags started appearing on the statues of Sweden. In the city of Växjö, a statue of a Lutheran priest suddenly donned a classic beige bag. In Helsingborg, a copper man held a sword in one arm and a colorful bag with an embroidered hummingbird in the other. In Stockholm, a blocky statue of a Swedish politician carried a dainty yellow purse. These mysterious handbags were all a part of a protest, a protest against a local government's decision to not build a certain statue. This hypothetical statue in question would be based on an iconic photograph. This photograph had become recognizable in Sweden and elsewhere and had become a kind of activist symbol. And it seems like everyone wanted this statue to be built, except for one person. The son of the woman in the photograph. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura. Celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we travel to Växjö, Sweden, and hear the story of the woman with the handbag. After this. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. So this is a black and white photograph. I'm now doing it from my own memory, but it's scorched into my own memory in many ways. Samuel Merrill is an associate professor in the Department of Sociology and the Center for Digital Social Research at Umeå University in northern Sweden. And he has studied this particular photograph A lot. The photo itself captures a protest at a very specific moment in time. And the number of people walking associate with the the right-wing movement, one of which is holding a, a flag, I believe. This photo was taken at a Nordic Reich Party demonstration in 1985. The man with the flag is a neo-Nazi. And then there's a woman, visibly might be considered quite elderly, striking a, a, a kind of stereotypical uh, skinhead with, with, with her handbag, basically. So uh, quite an odd and, uh, and striking image. The woman with the handbag 
is Midlurch. She's leaning in to whack the neo-Nazi across the back of his head with her bag. And she's going for it. She is putting her back into it. And this marching neo-Nazi is completely oblivious. He has no idea what is about to happen. The photographer, Hans Runeson, snapped a photo at the precise moment that the handbag made contact with the head. The photo blew up, quickly spread through the Swedish press. It made its way onto covers, appeared in the international media. As the decades passed, the woman with the handbag would resurface here and there. It would strike a chord with a new audience. And over time, it just became a sort of symbol of resistance to fascism. The photo became iconic. And so did the woman in it. Her name was Danuta Danielsen. And word spread pretty quickly after this photograph that she was an elderly woman who had survived the Nazi concentration camps. And long before punch Nazis became a Twitter battle cry, this photo was a simple reminder that if this old lady can stand up to the Nazis, you can too. As the 30th anniversary of this photo approached, a Swedish artist named Susanna Arwen decided to make a statue of Danuta. It would be life-sized and would feature just Danuta and her handbag swinging through the air as if she'd been plucked right out of the photo. Susanna wanted the statue to go up in Vaxio, where the photo had been taken, but the local government shot it down. This was in 2015, in the wake of terrorist attacks in Paris and Copenhagen, and it was this sensitive time in Europe. There were these concerns about condoning violence, even, I guess, handbag violence. The city councilor said in an interview with the Washington Post, we in Faxio work for democracy and free speech. Of course, we don't like Nazis, but we can't accept that one can hit a person just because one does not like him or her. That is when the handbags began appearing. One by one on statues all around the country. People really wanted this statue. The Vaxio government didn't budge. But there was one more complicated reason that the city was hesitant to put up this statue. Danuta's son had gotten in touch and he said that he didn't want his mother to be remembered that way because according to him, Danuta herself had actually never liked that photo. Certain kind of uncertainties, myths, mistruths, or elaborations are associated with her own personal biography. Sam is careful to mention that it is really tough to say what exactly is or isn't true about Danuta. There has been no definitive biography, but there are a few facts that have emerged. For one, she had not actually ever been in a concentration camp. The suggestion is that her father had spent time in a concentration camp or was interned, at least, by the Nazis. That sometimes expands to both parents. A second thing, she wasn't an old lady. She's constantly framed as this elderly woman, the old woman, the tant in the Swedish language. But she was um, younger than I am now. <laughs> so <laughs> I think in a, uh, I think she was 38. The photographer Hans Runesen said that Danuta actually appeared to instantly regret her action. We can't know if it's true or not, because Danuta died three years after the photo was taken and never commented on it publicly. 
it wasn't kind of publicly known who this person was for an amazingly long time, actually. Journalists turned up the day after the photograph was taken, the, the day after it made a, a stir on the national press, wanting to interview this woman, Danuta Danielson, and there wasn't any desire to be interviewed, and there was furthermore no desire to have them, her name known. And that was respected, if you will, amazing in a way by today's standard. We find it's find it amazing that that kind of secret was kept in, for 30 odd years. And then that's when I think her son is drawn into this story. The woman with the handbag and the story of Danuta Danielson makes me think of this other iconic photograph, The Terror of War. It was captured by photographer Nick Oot. You've definitely seen this photo. This young Vietnamese girl running toward the camera with outstretched arms, naked, covered in napalm, screaming. In 2022, the subject of that photo, Kim Phuc Phan Thi, wrote an op-ed for The Times. She said, it's been 50 years. I am not napalm girl anymore. Kim writes about her conflicting feelings about the photographer, how he saved her life after taking that photo. but. Also how that photo sentenced her to a life in the public eye as a kind of abstract symbol. So what happens when a photo takes on a life of its own? Can its symbolism really transcend the reality? In the case of the woman with the handbag, does the reality behind the photo, the fact that Danuta Danielson was only 38, that she had never been in a concentration camp, maybe regretted her actions? Does it matter? I think ask 20 people that question, you'll get 20 different answers. The symbolic value of that image is hugely important, was hugely significant or impactful. Elements of the kind of biographical and historical contexts uh, elevate that impact or increase that impact. And other elements in different contexts somehow complicate that impact. So in a sense, it's not important. In the same sense, it's very important. <laughs> Sorry, this is not going to be a, you asked a philosophical question, you're going to get a philosophical answer. I think one danger is, you know, the concerns of those who it features in a sense, right? And, and this we can connect to uh, much broader debates about privacy and, uh, and ownership and the right to be represented, the right to be forgotten. Uh, on in digital settings. So that that's a very clear, obvious one. In her New York Times op-ed, Kim Phuc Phan Thi wrote, quote, The child running down the street became a symbol of the horrors of war. The real person looked on from the shadows, fearful that I would somehow be exposed as a damaged person. Photographs, by definition, capture a moment in time but the surviving people in these photographs, especially the children, must somehow go on. We are not symbols. We are human. In the end, the artist Susanna Arwin went ahead and made a statue of Danuta. But it never went up in Vaxio, where the photo was taken. Instead, a Swedish hotel entrepreneur bought it, and put the statue on the front lawn of his villa. A few years later, a different city in Sweden did approve the statue, and they unveiled the second identical statue at a public lawn in the city of Alingsås. So, there Danuta stands, 
lurching forward, swinging her handbag. This symbol of resistance and tenacity, whether she would have liked it or not. If you want to learn more about the woman with the handbag, you can check out some of Samuel Merrill's research work on the photo. We have put a link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Johanna Mayer. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.